What's up, guys? Welcome back to the DW Podcast. This is episode 41. I made sure to check because I've not been saying the episodes in the last few. Uh, I'm here with Ben Vecarelli to do the 2016 NBA redraft. Yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, this is not pro- or probably not coming by surprise to anyone else. Maybe you would like to check out the first five we did. We are, we are kind of starting to wrap up. I have... Four more, including this one. Three more after. You have three more starting tomorrow. Anyway, uh, there is not much to say about this draft. It's it's not necessarily been determined as a good draft. I, I think you look at it and, and see that there's been four All-Stars in, in four years, and that is very solid. Um, but, but not anybody has emerged a superstar yet, like some other draft classes, so, so that might be a reason to put it down. But this I based more off of potential, maybe in terms of or how good someone's going to get rather than maybe how good they currently are. But anyway, let's get into it. Where the Sixers, who, who went 10-72 that past year, selected Ben Simmons. I think they make the same move and select him again. Yeah, um, I would be in complete agreement with you here. I think maybe in terms of fit, as we've seen over the course of the last few years and, and really over the course of um, his entire career with the Sixers, that fit fit really hasn't been hasn't been exactly what you want between him and Embiid. Him not developing, de- developing a jump shot has also cost them as well. But I think I think overall, um, Simmons is still the pick here. Yeah, and, and although Simmons does not necessarily play like a guard, I think you look at the Sixers and what they've been good at acquiring or just having good amounts of, and that's been forwards and, and big men, but particularly forwards. So I feel like... Even though Simmons was a small forward, or probably looked at as a small forward or power forward, when you consider his 6'10 height coming out of college, he kind of shifted over to being the point guard for these teams. I think you you look at Simmons and you see the impact he made on the team. We'll say 2017, where he came back. I mean, and everyone was improving because we were a very young team, but he came back. We went won 24 more games. We lost in the second round. Uh, and then this year when Embiid went out and you kind of saw him near carrying the team to beat the Lakers. Granted, it was at home and they don't really lose at home. But still, uh, we can move on to the second pick where in real life the Lakers selected Brandon Ingram. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, as you mentioned, was the pick here. You could potentially make the argument that that's, that that's still the pick. I don't think it is. I think that they go with a different forward in Pascal Siakam here. Yeah, I agree. Now... Similar to 2015, or, or and kind of 2017 as well, which just a preview, they selected Lonzo Ball. We see them get players who are, I'm not saying Lonzo Ball is an all-star, but he has all-star potential, or more than he showed with the, with the Lakers, and you trade him, or, um, yeah, no, you trade him, and he thrived with the other team, which, which really showed with D'Angelo Russell, who made the All-Star two years after being traded to the team of Brandon Ingram, who made the All-Star game this year after being part of the blockbuster Anthony Davis trade. So I don't think you go with B.I. again. I think you go with Siakam. Yeah. All right, we'll move right along here to three to the Celtics, where in real life the pick was Jalen Brown. Again, you could probably make the argument that they stick with that pick, but I think that they they change it um, and go with the guy um, who actually went with the last pick in Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, now Brandon Ingram is a guy who, as Dill, you mentioned, um, 
was a big part um, of the of the blockbuster Anthony Davis trade. Um, he has made um, one All Star, and and that would be this year. Um, he was an All Rookie in 2016-17, but but other than that, um, he, yeah, he's had a solid career, especially and and really has emerged um, coming off the trade this year. Yeah, now I think we look at this trade and we compare it to the last pick, and I think there is a, a clear statement to remake this this pick with Jalen Brown, and I think, one, we've seen Jalen Brown play at an all-star level with this team. I think you you argue that he could have made the all-star game this year, especially because Jason Tatum did. Now we saw Jason Tatum emerge as like a star after the all-star break, uh, before the season got suspended, but I think you could make the case for Jalen Brown being reselected. I think you make the case for Brandon Ingram. Uh, but I feel like my reasoning for not going with either of them here is because you've seen the equity kind of between Brown and, and then who they selected the year after in Tatum and, and also signed in that offseason and Gordon Hayward at, at the forward position. So I think you go for a big man by selecting DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, I like that. Sabonis um, goes just one pick later um, for me to the Sun, so I can just talk about him a little bit now. Um, Sabonis has obviously emerged um, this year. Um, had w- was on the Thunder in 2017, and then moved to the Pacers in eight, for 18 um, and 20. Um, and his career has really taken off, um, especially this year and last. Um, in 18, he averaged 14.1 points per game, and this year he's averaging um, 18.5. So, um, it, I mean. That could change by the time the season resumes, but that's what that's the numbers we're going to go with here. He made the All Star team this year, so a solid career for Sabonis, and has come on strong in, in recent years. And not that this is necessarily significant, but but Demontis Sabonis, I saw there was like a fun fact on something random that I read. Um, so when I was researching for this, was Siakam or. Sabonis has been the only player in this draft left to av- average a double-double as he's averaging around 18 and 12 this season. Uh, anyway, for my fourth pick, I have the Suns selecting the guy who had going at four in Brandon Ingram. Now, I think you could make the argument for Jalen Brown, maybe even a guy like Jamal Murray or, or somebody else uh, to to play uh, next to Devin Booker, but kind of at the time where we've only seen one season of Booker, it kind of still looks like Eric Bledsoe's team for at least around another year. So I think you're not going to go out and add like a, a pure guard like Jamal Murray, and I think you, you go for more of a wing type in Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think, yeah, in terms of fit, that, that works very well. Um, we will move right along here to, to five to the Timberwolves. Yeah, uh, with the fifth pick... The Timberwolves in real life, we forgot to say four. At four, they selected Dragon, the Sun selected Dragon Bender, who is easily, at least so far, the biggest bust of this draft. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think that would tra- change. But And with the fifth pick, the Timberwolves selected Chris Dunn, another not complete bust because of his defense, but, but if you take away the ridiculous defense, then. Big bust as well. Still not as big as Bender. But anyway, I think you go for a, a wing type to pair with. Wiggins and Towns uh, with Jalen Brown. Yeah, I like that. Um, exact same pick here for me. Yeah. Now, I think we're this is really around this time. We saw Towns of a Rookie of the Year and, and Wiggins the year before that these past two years, and this really looked like the future of the NBA. Now, that definitely never happened, and maybe you, you – 
point to this next season, it still looks like that. Wiggins came out averaged like 24 a game, something like that. Um, Wiggins and Towns obviously never really worked out, and, and now they're, they went their separate ways. Um, I think Jalen Brown kind of probably serves the same purpose um, with this pick as Wiggins was supposed to. I think it's a similar situation, just Jalen Brown is better than Andrew Wiggins. That's basically my explanation beyond that pick. Yeah, um, we will move on here to, to six to the Pelicans. Yeah. All right, so um, the pick here in real life was was Buddy Heald. Now, that didn't exactly work out for the Pelicans, um, but I think um, as um, he was moved um, to the Kings um, and has been there um, in, two, from in 2017 and has been there since, um, so while it didn't exactly work out for the Pelicans, and you could argue that they don't stick with this pick, I think that in general, Heald has had somewhat of a productive career so far, so I think that they stick with that pick here. Yeah, I am all for like some sort of like butterfly effect, how one slight change could, could completely save or, or hurt someone or something or some team down the road. And I feel like this Buddy Heald trade, maybe, or maybe you still select Buddy Heald just to basically, um, to get DeMarcus Cousins again. Now, I feel like at the time, and, and we're going back in time knowing what happens in the future, which is why I think you go for more of a young approach here with Jamal Murray, because he, he only had played one year in college where Buddy and, and Fred Van Vliet and DeJounte Murray, or not DeJounte Murray, and, and Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon had all played four. So I think, obviously, you look at the youth or the, or the, the more youth there. Also, I feel, like, um, I feel like this pick is potentially better, as I think, at least in terms of potential, but maybe in terms of current skill. Jamal Murray is a better player than Buddy Heald, so that is basically my explanation beyond that pick. Right, that would make sense um, for sure. I think we will move on here to seven to the Nuggets, where, where in real life the pick was Jamal Murray, a guy you had going just one pick earlier, and, and you alluded to um, how he has had a good career. Um, so I think that um, they stick with they stick with uh, that pick. I think you could argue that this is at least a fringe no-brainer when you look at the people on the board. Because Jamal Murray, like I said, the youngest brought or, or helped along with Jokic bring success to this Nuggets team. And I think other reasons um, beyond that. Or, or I feel like you would do that again. Now, obviously, I have him off the board, and I wasn't going to just let him slide to seven if you're the Pelicans. So I think they Pelicans and Nuggets so swap picks by selecting Buddy Heels. Yeah, um, I like that. Obviously, Heald went six to the Pelicans. For me, we'll move on to eight to the Kings. Yeah. Now, we the Kings selected Marquise Chris, traded it to the Suns for the 13th pick, where they kind of ended up missing. Now, not that Marquise Chris is some amazing player, but definitely better than, than the guy they ended up trading for at 13. Anyway, I think they go for the guard. Now, now they've kind of, we kind of, sort of relied on guards nowadays as they're a fringe playoff team this year, and they were last year, and, and they might be a playoff team this year, depending on how the NBA pl- formats its playoffs. Anyway, I think they go guards before before they really went 
all out on, on their guard situation with Fox and healed by selecting Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, I have the exact same pick here. I think um, I think if we're doing this um, after after their their rookie years, then maybe Brogdon goes goes one um, as he won rookie of the year, and, and Simmons was hurt. Siakam didn't come on, um, so so I think he probably ends up going one as he won rookie of the year, and obviously made all rookie team. But other than that, he somewhat fell off after that, um, but still has had a solid career and, and solid enough to go within the top eight for both of us. Well, I, I don't think it's fault fallen off. I just think he ha- has continued to be a solid player. I mean, he played an all-star level this year for the Pacers, actually. But I feel like it's not that he's fallen off. I think he's going on the path maybe you'd want him to. It's just the fact that, that Simmons hadn't played. So I, I think if MB plays more than 31 games, he wins Rookie of the Year. If Simmons plays, he wins Rookie of the Year. So I don't think Brogdon necessarily was ever deserving. Plus, we've seen other guys like Siakam and Sabonis and, and B.I. and, and Jalen Brown and Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald and basically every guy um, on who has went before him basically emerge after the rookie seasons where, where he kind of started his career well. So I think that's why um, Brogdon necessarily hasn't seen the success after or that you'd want from him after um, his rookie season, and even if he deserved that rookie of the year, it was a very weak rookie uh, of the year campaign. Campaign. So, so anyway, we will move on to the ninth pick, where I have the Raptors selecting Karis LeVert. Um, yeah, I like that. LeVert just goes one pick later for me. Um, I think the Raptors go with a guy that had that is on their team. Um, right now and and had a very successful playoff run um for them was was drafted um or yeah or was was not drafted but signed with them as an undrafted free agent um so i think that um that van fleet is is the pick here yeah now fred van fleet is logically maybe or not logically most likely the pick here i do not have him going here i think you go for more of a a sense that you are not relying on your same championship core considering you've already lost Pascal Siakam who not that you know that he is going to be a, a key piece of your championship core years later but but still and I think with potential changes around the league maybe the Raptors do not feel the same way about their situation and don't go out and get Kawhi which never really causes Fred VanVleet to have that um, very, not historic, but very, very good playoff run last year. So I think you just go for overall talent by selecting Karis LeVert. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, as I said, LeVert goes one pick later for me, so we will move on to 10 to the Bucks. Yeah, uh, LeVert has been very good on, on relatively young Nets teams with, with him and Dinwiddie because key, or, and D'Lo also, because key players like, like Durant and Kyrie this year particularly have been hurt, and, and before D'Lo, the teams were just not very good. So, so I think Karis LeVert has been a very solid NBA player. Right. All right, so we will move right along here to, to 11 to the Magic. Yeah. All right, so um, I think the or, Ma- or we just completely sped past ten. Um, I don't I don't know why we did that. Uh, Ivy Bucks at number ten, selecting Dejounte Murray. Yeah, um, Murray. As we were about to move on, goes um, goes eleven to the Magic. So we were about to go into that anyway. Um, the pick here at at eleven or at ten rather was 
was Thon Maker, and the pick at 11 was Sabonis, um, who is off the board for both of us. Um, and the pick at 9 was Jakob Pertl. Right. Um, so you can give your uh, 11 here. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Magic here take... I, I think it's arguable, but I feel like after 11, so so you have the guy at 11 being DeJounte Murray, and I have the guy being Fred Van Vliet. That's kind of the end of what I would probably call Tier 2. Uh, so I think that is kind of the, the reasoning behind, like, even if that's not necessarily your, your number one concern at getting a point guard, I, I feel like you see that significant teardrop, in my opinion, not, like, teardrop the layup, but, like, teardrop, <laughs> drop in, in tears, uh, so I think that's why you pick Fred and lead here. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, and I guess you have the same reasoning for Shante Murray, just because... It gets significantly, or maybe not significantly, but worse after. So with the 12th pick, the Jazz traded this pick to the Hawks. You never know if they still do that. Uh, they selected Tarian Prince, who I have going um, a pick later here to the Suns. I think that's logical that you could do that again, even though you never even ended up keeping him. No, I think here you go with the guy who, who showed some upside, not ever going to turn into like a, like an all-star level player, but a very solid role player in Malik Beasley. Um, yeah, like that. Beasley goes, um, just a few picks, um, later. I think the Jazz here go with Jakob Pertl. Yeah, Jakob Pertl has seen, not, like, success, but he's been, he's been pretty solid on the Spurs. Pretty sure he was part of the Kawhi trade, uh, along with Danny Green and, and DeMar DeRozan and a bunch of other guys. Uh, so I, I think that is logical. I just felt like you, the, yeah, no, completely the Jazz his core at the time relied on, on big guys uh, with, with Gobert and I guess Hayward, even though he left a year later, and Derek Favors. So I feel like then maybe you go for like a guard-type guy in Beasley or, or at least a wing. So I think that was the reasoning I went with Beasley. Also, I do not have Pirtle going until like a bunch of picks later. So, so anyway, I think we will move on to the 13th pick where the Suns are on the clock. Yeah, um, I think that the uh, Suns here go with... Ivitz Zubac. Uh, I had to pull up the pronunciation on Basketball Reference for that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been going with a slightly uh, easier name. Now, the pick in real life was the most ridiculous name I've ever seen. I am not trying to diss this guy or something, but we are both taking a crack at this one. Um, Georgias Papayanis. Okay, so it's Georgias... <laughs> Papayanis, yeah. It's Urias, uh, oh, according okay. to basketball reference. I went with, I went with George Ios, but it's fine. <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah, this this guy never really worked out. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I think the the Suns here, like I said, go Tarian Prince. Now, Tarian Prince, I, I kind of stopped doing this. I was I was pointing out some ridiculous claim to fame for, for some guys earlier in this series. Uh, Torian Prince's claim to fame. So, so Baylor in the first round of the 2016 NCAA tournament lost to Yale. Now, after the game, uh, in some reporter asked Prince at, at the, the post-game interviews what, um, what he thought about Yale or, or Baylor's lack of good rebound or, or how Yale was rebounding the ball. And he basically responds by saying, well, when you put your hands up, 
you, you jump, you grab the ball, and, and you go back down. Now, I'm not quoting that because I did not pull it up because it doesn't really matter. It's not that significant. I think that I just had to point that out because that's why I have any respect for Tari and Prince. Anyway, we will move on to the 14th deck. Yeah. All right, so I think that the uh, Bulls here at 14 go with a guy. Um, you had going slightly earlier, 12 to the Jazz, in Malik Beasley. Okay, yeah, I think Malik Beasley is, is a pretty a pretty solid pick. Here, I feel like Beasley is a, not a great, or no, Beasley's a solid fit. I think the Bulls go for anyone because everything that possibly could have went wrong after getting Dwayne Wade and, and Jimmy Butler, or, or keeping Jimmy Butler, but which there was a lot of rumors, but and and then signing Dwayne Wade and Rondo, everything basically besides trading for Zach Levine, which in some sense may work out well for them, has gone wrong since. So so I think that is a not a franchise saving move, but maybe helpful. I think they go for a guy that they actually traded for in the Jimmy Butler trade, along with Zach Levine and Larry Markinen. Uh, in Chris Dunn now is Chris Dunn. A reach, I am a hundred percent sure, but I was I was very conflicted on who I was going to go with. Uh, so I just decided to go with the best defender on the board, and Chris Dunn has been a lockdown defender, although he has not been very good for the Bulls. So that was basically my reasoning behind that. Uh, the pick in real life was Denzel Valentine, who, after uh, being the runner-up for the National Player of the Year award that past year, did little to nothing in the NBA. Um, anyway, we will move on with the 15th pick, where the Nuggets in real life selected Juan Hernan Gomez. Um, yeah, Juan goes uh, significantly later. Uh, I think that the Nuggets do um, better here and go with Dorian Finley-Smith. Yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, may be more, um, or not famous, but he got suspended in college for like doing something questionable. and didn't research, and I'm not going to say because this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, well, probably not the PFC podcast, so if you're you're into family-friendly, um, check out those that we did a while back. Anyway, um, after that brief amount of uh, advertising, I think the Nuggets go with Derek Jones Jr. here. Now, another guy who is more, or is not really remembered for his basketball skills, just his jumping ability. Now, does he deserve this dunk contest um, title that he got this year? Probably not, but but that's a story for another day. Anyway, I think these are both whatever, fi- I guess fine picks for each of these teams. Uh, better than Juan Hernan Gomez, I guess. Um, we'll move on to the 16th pick where in real life the Celtics selected a name that should be the hardest name in most draft classes, but... Poppy Giannis got selected in this draft. <laughs> so, so with the 16th pick in real life, the Celtics selected a guy who's hung around more than Poppy Giannis. Um, he might still be on the Celtics roster in Gershon Yabusele. Yeah. Um, another tough name, but it, but I'm pretty sure Dale did pretty well on that one. I think that the uh, Celtics go with the guy you had going. Just one pick later, um, obviously, is probably going to be remembered more for, like you said, Dale hit not his basketball skills, but more the, the controversial dunk contest ending this, this year, which uh, people still won't drop. But anyway, I think that the Celtics here go with Derek Jones Jr. I mean, especially once 
Aaron Gordon dropped a distract. some, some sort of a distract titled 9 out of 10, probably hinting towards towards Dwayne Wade and, and Scottie Pippen and whoever the other guy was. Um, Common, I think. Uh, yeah, might not say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, with the 17th pick, in real life, the Grizzlies selected... Um, Wade Baldwin. Now, I do not know what Wade Baldwin is up to. I kind of remember him at Vanderbilt. Kind of don't. Um, I think I was more amazed at the time about or over Wade Baldwin that he was the fourth human being in his family named um, Wade, or, or Wade Baldwin. Now, I am pretty sure seven-year-old me called him Wade Baldwin Ev. It was Ivy. Okay, I'm just kind of exposing my seven-year-old self. But but anyway, I think with the 17th pick in this, this made-up scenario, the Grizzlies go with Bryn Forbes. Um, yeah, now I think that the Grizzlies here go go with uh, Tarion Prince. Yeah, now I saw in your notes that you, you marked him Tarion Walker Prince. Now, I've never heard of that. Maybe it's true. I swear I've never, I've never seen that. Um... Anyway, I think these are both upgrades. Bryn Forbes is a, a solid, sharp shooter, something. Uh, we checked. It's Tarion Waller, friends. Um, anyway, some some type of some some type of fine shooter player, better than Wade Baldwin for for both of us. Anyway, we will move on to the 18th because the Pistons reaching on Yogi Ferra. Um. Yeah. Yogi goes um, a few picks later here. I think that the Pistons go here with Marquise Chris. Yeah, so this is I have a lot of association with this um, with this draft class now. Uh, not at the time. I think we go back. Uh, I, I was the pick in real life was Henry Ellenson. Now I feel like a lot of these guys I associate with more than other random guys in random draft classes, just because like this was the first year I really really got into like creating or, or customizing like random random crap on 2k I, I think i was trying really hard because i didn't have like xbox live or something or, or i didn't like i don't i don't know but i was trying to create like henry ellenson for some reason and and that was a struggle i don't remember i just had these random these random stories like wade baldwin i've anyway <laughs> um we will move on uh to the 19th pick, where in real life the Nuggets selected um, Malik Beasley. Uh, not a terrible, or a pretty good pick, because we both had him, or we both had him going earlier. I think they select Jakob Pertl here. Yeah, um, I think that the uh, I think that the Nuggets here go with Chris Dunn, um, a guy who went um, significantly earlier in real life, uh, five to the Timberwolves, so that didn't exactly work out. Is it fair to deem him a disappointment? Uh, yeah, so I don't remember who we were deeming this on. Jaleel Okafor. Uh, I think you're a disappointment if you went higher than you should be, but are still like, not competent, but a, a decent, no, a role player. If you're a guy like Anthony Bennett who has completely fallen out of the NBA, uh, that, then you're a bust. Or, or if you're just one guy who always comes to mind as being the worst player or, or the guy who went way too high, like Dragon Bender, although he's kind of stuck around fringe as much as Chris Dunn has, he, he's a bigger bust than 
Chris Valentine's. I have to claim one guy as a buff. Anyway, uh, after all of that unnecessary rambling, uh, we will move on to the 20th pick. We're in real life. The Pacers selected Karis LeVert, traded him to the Nets. This is arguably the second biggest steal of this draft, I think. I think you could make the argument for guys like Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is probably the second biggest steal, obviously. Pascal Siakam is number one. Anyway, I, I think the Pacers select a guy who you had going at 15 in Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, I think that um, the Pacers here go with a guy you had going at 18 in Yogi Ferrell. Yeah, now, two average role players, not Karis LeVert, but, but maybe with the difference in scenario than the difference scenario they both trade this pick, so they never even really got much out of um, out of their first round pick this year. Anyway, I think this is a, a ironic pick for you because Yogi Farrell went to college in Indiana. Uh, not that that really matters. I bet you did that intentionally because it seems like that's something you would do. But anyway, um, we will move on to the 21st pick where in real life the Hawks selected um, let's see, DeAndre Bembry, uh, a Philly native, not really. Went to St. Joe's. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Uh, I think that well, that's obviously rare. I mean, I mean, after Jameer Nelson, we have not seen much significance from from St. Joe's. Anyway, I think the Hornets uh, or or the Hawks select Daniel House. Yeah, I actually have the same exact pick here. Yeah. Now I I think. Daniel or Daniel or however this name is pronounced did not necessarily even come on to NBA rosters until like last year. He was on on the famous Texas A and M team along with um a, a a meme that we may or may not talk about later. Um. Uh, that that basically um that made the most ridiculous. Come back, or or maybe just the most ridiculous choke job happened in, in sports history uh, against Northern Iowa in the tournament. Uh, anyway, we will just keep moving on uh, with the twenty-second pick. The Hornets selected Malachi Richardson. Now, if I am not mistaken, they traded this, or, or the Kings traded like Marco Bellinelli for or the Hornets traded the Kings, like, Marco Bellinelli and his pick for, for something terrible. Now, that's not exactly the deal, but but I know it got traded to the Kings. It was something like that. Anyway, um, I think with this new pick, they select Marquise Chris. Um, yeah, I like that. Chris is obviously off the board for me. I think that um, that the Hornets here go with um, Bryn Forbes, a guy you had going earlier 17 to the Grizzlies. Yeah, uh, I, I think that, that makes sense uh, considering I had him going relatively earlier than you, um, or, or earlier than you, but, but relatively significantly earlier kind of than you. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the 23rd pick where in real life the Celtics selected Ante Zizic, who was in the, the Kyrie Isaiah Thomas trade. It was one of the amazing pieces, along with Colin Sexton and Isaiah Thomas, um, that they acquired from, from the Celtics. Anyway, I think with this pick, they make an upgrade, but maybe not a significant upgrade in Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah, Fork goes just one pick later to me. The absolute legend, a guy who will put up 
30 points one night. And, and then, then put zero on And the then other. we'll put up zero on the, the other. He'll, he'll hit 10 threes in a row, and then we'll miss 20 the next no, night. No, so <laughs> what's funny is I was at, so that was the first, like, 30-point game. It was February 7th or, or something like that against the Grizzlies. I was at that game. Then... February, probably like 9th, they played the Bulls. He scored like around 30, maybe 30 again. Next game against the Clippers, I was there for that one too. Zero points missed, like 40 shots. I was sitting courtside. It was like every five, or not courtside, but near courtside, like probably like two rows down. And every five seconds, it was like, it's just ridiculous. He's just missing shots. So, so I think a solid role, no, a, a fine role player who can who can shoot the ball. I think, um, I think. I mean, he started at one point for the Sixers this year. Yeah, but because right. no one could stay healthy. But but uh, uh, well, well, he also started the Al Horford benching game against the Clippers, where he then proceeded to score zero points. But but we're going to put that in his past, considering that was like four months ago. Uh, anyway, uh, I think we move on or to not. the... Oh, I have yeah, to give yeah, my Celtics right. I was thinking here. we were talking about the Sixers. Yeah, okay, yeah so yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the Celtics here at 23 go check the Diallo. Yeah, I do not have Check Diallo going. Nothing against Check Diallo. Um, pretty solid name. Uh, not like some, some challenging one. It's an impressive one or something. I think this is a, a, a solid... Or it's a... Fine pick, I guess it gives you what may be an upgrade at center over Ante Zizic. So anyway, we will move on to the first of of two and three picks, Sixers. Um, I think with this one they select a guy. I, I think you make the Furcon pick again if he's still on the board, but I, he's not. So I think they go with the guy who who really hasn't came on strong until he was on a god awful team this year in Damian Lee. Yeah, um, I think. That Lee goes a few picks later for me. Um, now, Furcon was the pick at 26 to the Sixers, so I think that they just move him up two picks and go with him at 24, as we already talked about. Yeah, and so in real life at 24, which um, which the Sixers selected a guy who, who did little to nothing after they, they were relevant. Um, in Timothy Lawawu Cabarrow. Um, Legendary name. I don't think I would be capable of pronouncing it if I did not hear it on like the jumbotron guy. Like the, I don't re- like the jumbotron guy or, or like the announcer who like says who scores is probably created some memes. Uh, the way he says different names. Anyway, I think Timothy Luwawu Cabarro is one of the relevant ones. Anyway, we will move on to the twenty fifth pick where the Clippers are on the clock in between one of the Sixers two and uh, second and third picks. I think they go with Juan Hernan Gomez. Yeah, Juan goes um, a few picks later for me. I think that the Clippers here at 25 go with Thon Maker. Yeah, now, it, w- it was around now, probably like a year later, where we saw everything the Clippers could have possibly done fall apart. They traded Chris Paul, they traded Blake, DeAndre Jordan signed with, with other teams, uh, and then they proceeded to improve with, like, Lou Will and, and Landry Shamit and, and somehow made the Warriors scared, kind of, in quotation marks. They, they took them to six games, and then they proceeded to get Kawhi and PG this offseason. So I feel I think anything, or, or the Clippers, 
anything the Clippers do potentially still works out into the similar situation. I don't think Thon Maker really saves them considering Thon Maker is not a, a great b- basketball player. Anyway, uh, I think we, we can move on to the 26th pick where I have the Sixers selecting Denzel Valentine. Yeah, Valentine was my quote-unquote best cut, if you will. Um, I think that the Sixers here go with Damon Lee. Uh, anyway, that makes that makes some sense, uh, considering I had him going at 24. Now, anyway, Denzel Valentine, terrible player. He's <laughs> awful. But I think I wasn't going to have them select like another point guard because that was Simmons' role, and, and I think uh, you don't put the focus on, on the centers because you have Embiid and Noel and Okafor still, so I think you just go for wings, and, and I guess Valentine is the best wing on the board. So we can move on to the 27th pick where the Raptors selecting Thon Maker. Yeah, obviously Thon went a few picks earlier for me. I think that the Raptors here go with um, Juan Hernan Gomez. Yeah, just to backtrack slightly, the Clippers at 25 selected Bryce Johnson, 26, uh, the the Sixers selected Furcon, and then the 27 pick, the Raptors, made a move that maybe looks the rest, makes the first 26 teams look idiotic in, in selecting Pascal Siakam, uh, obviously an all-star player when healthy, so, so I think that is obviously a huge pick for them. We will move on to the 28th pick, uh, where I have the Suns selecting Jake Lehman. Yeah, now I have the Suns here going with the White Mamba, the Bald Mamba, the Caruso Show, the GOAT, Alex Caruso, the man, the fan favorite of everyone. He plays with so much energy, it's insane. I don't know what made this guy a meme? Is it the fact that he kind of came out of nowhere and was relevant last year? Maybe. Is it the fact that he is a god-ugly bald spot? Maybe. (laughs) Is it the fact that he is way too energetic in terms of basketball? Maybe. I don't know why this guy is such a meme. We look at guys like, like, I I think you, you see the three biggest memes in the NBA, and I, I think I personally point to Caruso. Mm -hmm. Taco, yeah, and Bulbul, and, and Bulbul's arguable, but definitely Taco. He's seven foot six, and his name is Taco. I think <laughs> it's arguable, or it's not that arguable that he should be a meme. And Bulbul has the same name twice, and he is the <laughs> tallest NBA player of all time. Kid, those are meme-worthy guys. I don't understand why Alex Caruso is such a meme. It just doesn't make sense. Anyway, we um. There's no talking about Jake Lehman because we can move on to the 29th pick where the Spurs select Alex Caruso and talk about Alex Caruso <laughs> even more. <The> now, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think Alex Caruso is probably not as good as a, of a basketball player, or or maybe is a better basketball player than other guys that I have um, going before him. Now, now we pulled a basketball reference, and the two nicknames, if I'm not mistaken, were were the bald mamba and the bald eagle. <laughs> I told you, I think the memes might be because of the bald spot. I say that with not confidence, but but 
of all other reasons, maybe. Uh, I think the Spurs could turn Alex Caruso into a good player because you know that the Spurs turn well, anybody into a good player. Well, I don't know that Pop stand for the memes. I don't think Pop would stand for the memes, but I don't know if if Alex Caruso was just a good player, would there ever be memes? Probably not. I mean, right. if he just brings the same amount of energy, maybe, and if he doesn't grow more hair in that one spot, then <laughs> probably not. There probably still are the memes, but I mean, I mean the ball mamba. The, the Spurs got what was the steal of the draft at the time, and it's not the steal of the draft now because because Pascal Siakam exists, but but still a steal in selecting Dejounte Murray. Now, at the time, I if I'm not mistaken, I had him going like ninth to the Raptors. Or, or at least somewhere in the top ten, or at least somewhat outside the top ten. He he fell to twenty nine. I think at the least I wanted like the Sixers to draft him. Anyway, uh, Caruso's a solid pick, but but after all of that unnecessary rambling, even though it is definitely necessary, who do you have the Spurs selecting? Yeah, I have the not as uneventful Ante Zizic. Yeah, uh, pretty good name, but not Alex Caruso. So we're gonna just completely neglect him and everyone for the rest of for the rest of the draft. Now, um, with the 30th pick, I have the Warriors selecting Ante Zizic. I have nothing to say about this guy. Yeah, I have the Warriors here going with Jake Lehman, but... I hate Jake really Lehman. Jake Lehman has got to be one of my least favorite college sports players of all time. I, I actually can't stand Jake Lehman. I, I think I look at... Or, or college sports, I look at one season and one season only to... I look at one season and one season only to compare or, or to, to look at hate in terms of college basketball. I look at Yogi Ferrell, Indiana, Jake Lehman and Melo Trimble, Maryland, and, and then my two least favorite of all, or, or my three least favorite of all time now, Aaron Harrison, who, who is not significant for this season, but obviously the huge shot he had against Wisconsin, that he's number three. Number two is, is Tyus Jones. God, I hate Tyus Jones. And then at number one, Grayson Allen. If you don't hate Grayson Allen, then yeah. <laughs> you don't have a, a, a hate or a negative bone in your body. <laughs> so even if he did not destroy you and break your, your heart in the, in the national championship, you still hate Grayson Allen. But anyway, that, that wraps up the redraft portion. I think this was a longer redraft than usual. We still have some time to talk about not that many what-if scenarios. Uh, I'll start with a, a simple one. Now, I guess it's simple. Do the Raptors um, do the Raptors acquire Kawhi, and then if they acquire, if you have them acquiring Kawhi, can they still win the championship? Um, I think that they probably still end up with Kawhi because I don't know that any one of these picks changes them drastically. Obviously. Um, I mean, well, obviously Siakam, but Siakam... But that doesn't... Right, but that doesn't change That the didn't put any effect Kawhi into them trade. acquiring Kawhi. Right, so I think that... So that's why I think that, that they still end up... I, I mean, maybe their intentions change. I don't really know. But I think I think that they still probably pursue Kawhi. And if it's not Kawhi, maybe some other superstar. Although, I don't know who else they would acquire. Maybe they go after LeBron in free agency. Who really knows? Um, but I think... I think um, that they probably still go after Kawhi because none of these picks directly impact them. Going yeah, for Kawhi. I don't know. I feel like Kawhi, um, or I, I think none of the picks directly hurt or, or 
affect Kawhi and them trading for Kawhi, but you never know what the situation that that could occur with them wanting to trade DeMar DeRozan. You never know with with other moves that have happened in this draft, like the Celtics not getting Jalen Brown. Maybe the Raptors somehow don't run into LeBron in the playoffs and and maybe go to the finals and probably still lose to the Warriors, but but maybe that just changes your whole perspective, so maybe you never trade for Kawhi, but I think if you want to trade that same trade, it's probably possible of making it happen, and unless Kawhi magically does not start complaining like a baby or, or, in quotation marks, injure his quad for a year, then then there's no reason that he would not be demanding a trade. Uh, we can move on to the, the next uh, the next pick. Now, with the top three teams in this draft, the Celtics, the Lakers, and, and the Sixers, not that that was in order in any such, in any such way, uh, with them selecting different players, well, well, Simmons probably still gets hurt, and Siakam and Sabonis did not have monumental rookie seasons. Does, does this significantly, or, or if in any way, have big effect on, on this 2017 NBA draft class? Um... I don't know. I mean, probably not. I guess, I mean, there are still a lot of variables that play out. Obviously, you, you still have free agency. I, I mean, that really doesn't affect the draft directly, but I think um, there are a lot of variables. I mean, different guys going to different teams. So I think I think it's tough to say definitively. I think it probably still plays out similar, but maybe there's the one team that does better with with a different scenario in a hypothetical world, or or maybe it all stays the same. I don't really know. So it's weird because this top four this year was the same as the top four next year. Um, not that that matters, and, and that was not. Then that was because of the draft lottery, not because of of actual team standings. But but I think it's possible. Well, Ben doesn't play, or Ben probably does not end up playing. You never know, and maybe another another situation directs or, or directly hurts it. Now the Sixers still have that like swap first pick, and then maybe if the Sixers. Now I don't necessarily think this would ever happen, but maybe. Somehow the Sixers don't get the first pick, never trade up for for Fultz, and then maybe end up getting Tatum, or maybe the Celtics end up with the first pick because the Nets were just so bad the next year that, that the Celtics did not even matter. Maybe the Celtics select Tatum first, and, and you never know the crazy scenarios that could possibly happen, especially now considering that Tatum is a, a at least top 20 player in the league. So... Um, we uh, can can kind of wrap this up. I guess there's there's a few more now. I guess does Jamal Murray uh, is J- Jamal Murray obviously for or is Jamal Murray if they still make the trade is probably the key piece along with the first round pick that turned into uh, that that turned into someone who I'm blanking on. Uh, Justin Jackson, that's what it turned into. Um, is that still the key piece, Jamal Murray, and, and that pick, which turned into Justin Jackson, the key pieces in a DeMarcus Cousins trade? Um, maybe, I guess it, it, for me, it, um, it stays the same, so I don't know, I guess it depends if the Nugget, Nuggets feel any pressure to change based on things happening around them, I don't really know, but I think, 
I, I don't think things change dramatically, at least for me, because they still get the same player. Right. Uh, now, do the Nuggets see the same amount of success, or success as, as they previously did? Because because um, Jamal Murray is definitely the second most important piece on and these Nuggets teams that we've seen fringe playoffs two years in 16 and, and or 17 and 18 and then and then contenders or, or some type of contenders in 19 and 20 uh anyway I think that is um it's potential to be important uh having Buddy Heald instead of Jamal Murray but but probably maybe not also so I think guys that wraps up this um now if I had more time and if this was necessarily important maybe I would maybe I would um talk about the the potential playoff scenarios for this year um I I will just point out what I want to see I want to see like a like a world cup format particularly because I want to see Zion and Lillard in the playoffs but but also because I think that would be fun especially considering teams haven't played in, in months so so the whole landscape could be changed by like a world cup type play in something rather than the boring one through eight um just start in the playoffs so um anyway that wraps up our this pod i hope you guys enjoyed this was a pretty long one you you got a a banger out of this one some ridiculously moments pronouncing names and, and just talking about the goat alex caruso anyway i hope you guys enjoyed ben, ben thanks for being on and, yeah, and we'll for me talk on, to you guys next time